What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And as always, I want to first thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in, for supporting the mission here at Dad the Man. It means the world to me to have you here. My goal is to give you the best return on your time as I possibly can. I want you to walk away from this episode today, and I think you will, with something in your pocket, something that you can take with you that will make you a better man, better husband, better father today. Today we do have a full-length interview. It's a hard hitter, and I'm really excited to get to it. But first, I do have an ask. If you enjoy this episode today, and it brings you any value, or if you're enjoying the show in general, and enjoying following along, please do me a huge favor. If you can subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review if you have not already. These subscriptions, these ratings and reviews, this is the oxygen that podcasts run on. So if you're enjoying the show and you want to support what we are doing here, please do me a huge favor and do those two things. So subscribe and leave a rating and review. Again, I cannot thank you enough for your support. So, like I mentioned, we do have a full-length interview today with the one and only Ray Cash Care. Ray is a veteran of the United States Navy where he spent a decade of his career as a Navy SEAL. After serving with the SEALs, Ray continued to serve his country for eight more years as an overseas security officer for government agencies. With his specialized skill set, Ray deployed to remote areas around the world in the continuing efforts in the war against terrorism. As he looked to life beyond the SEAL teams and the CIA, Ray focused his passion and experience on helping others improve their own lives. Along with guys like Bedros Koulian and Steve Eckert, Ray spends much of his time serving businesses, men, and adolescents. Through programs like the LDT Project, the Modern Day Night Project, and the Squire Program. Ray has a reputation for being very intense, which is understandable, maybe even well-earned, but being close enough to him to connect with him and have a conversation with him face-to-face, I was able to see that his intensity is an, it's an authentic expression. It's an unbridled enthusiasm for life itself and his mission to get the best out of other people. Ray is a powerhouse and he was fun to talk to. I left the conversation inspired and fired up and I think that you will too. Above it all, Ray is an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Ray Cash Care. And we are live with former Navy SEAL, the one and only Mr. Ray Cash Care. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast, brother. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm pumped. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, just want to first say thanks, uh, not just for being here. Thank you for your service to this country. Super excited. It's a, it's a blessing and an honor to have you here. So very excited to jump into the conversation today. Um, to kick things off, do you mind taking <laughs> this back? I want to give everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit. Um, I know we all see the we see the clips on Instagram and on social media, and we I think we've gotten a flavor for what you're up to right now. But I'd love to frame that if we maybe go back, tell us a little bit about your childhood, and tell us what was it like growing up as a little man for you, family dynamic, what you were into, siblings, the whole nine yards. Uh, so, uh, Baltimore native. I'm a half a lifetime old. I'm 50 years old. Um, I didn't come from a I didn't come from a traditional family. Parents were split, abusive child, uh, 
life, if you will, me growing up, a lot of physical abuse. Um, as far as siblings, <laughs> I actually took the name of my brother who died of crib death on 9-11-1970. So my last name, my I'm actually not a junior. I'm really the third, but it was changed. So that's that's a great time where you can go see your own name on a grave. Um, that was fun. I did that once. I won't do it again. Um, my mother has been married. She's on her fourth marriage now. Um, I do have a sister uh, named Heather, who I have a decent relationship with. I don't have a relationship with my mother. Um, that's a different story for another time. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, people laugh at me, but I, I could probably be a billboard for a Jerry Springer show. Um, and a lot of people laugh about that, but I'm thankful for it. I'm, I'm actually very thankful and grateful for the past trials and tribulations I've had in my life because I think that's given me the internal fortitude to, you know, be an overachiever and to be, you know, it's funny as on Instagram, people really misunderstand what I'm doing. People think I'm yelling and being mean when all actuality, I'm, I'm trying to save these men. They're at the, you know, a couple of the videos that went out were viral and it's me effing some guy in his face. And what we show you on Instagram is what we want you to see. Like I work for Bedros Cooling. He's a genius. And it's like, I am, I take full responsibility and I accept being the villain um, on Instagram and TikTok or whatever, whatever the platform is. Um, but what, what I also accept is the one gentleman that I went, went viral with, I pretty much saved him from quitting. So I'll be the freaking villain any day of the week if that's what it takes to save one human being. Um, I'll sacrifice myself for the greater good. So, and I think the past um, and the pain, all the things that I've dealt with mm -hmm. <laughs> have forged me into the man I am today. And believe me, by no way, shape or form, do I think I'm the shit. Um, but I do know that um, because once you think you're the shit, that's when you're really a piece of shit. Um, I do know that I am. I believe that there's no such thing as perf perfection. I believe that I am work in progress. And every day I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting faster. People go no, as you get older, you're wrong. I just reverse engineer that. I, every day is a blessing. Every day I get up, like I said, I'm going to learn more. I'm going to attain more. I'm going to acquire more. I'm going to make more. I'm going to do more. You just keep hearing that, that word, right? Being emphasized and reiterated more and more. Um, because the one problem that I have from my childhood is I can never have enough. Now, with, with saying that, I'll make this very clear to the listeners. I am grateful, not greedy. The only thing I'm greedy with in this world is my why, which is me and my family. I'm very, I'm very selfish, very greedy, greedy with that. And some of the courses that we run, like me and you had a great conversation before you married. I don't want to get married early to children, um, you know, I, you know, out of college. When men come to my course, right? Well, my course and Bedros's course, the first thing I ask them on the interview process is what's your why? And they go, like me, normally they would say, well, it's my wife, Tricia, and my son, Michael, and my daughter, Nyla. I'm like, okay, in the same sentence, what are you looking to get out of this course? Well, I want to be a better father, a better husband, a better provider, a better lover, a better protector. And I'm like, well, then how the hell can your why be them? And men look at me like, I don't get it. Like your why has to be you. And I literally always, I'm trying to like, just drive that into their DNA. Men. Women, human beings, your why must be you. If you want to be better, richer, whatever it is, I don't care if it's, if it's internal or it's like materialistic, you can't be better 
unless you're a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people get that confused, right? And I'm all about reverse engineering things. The glass is not half empty, it's half full. I honestly believe that people that think their glass is half empty are just waiting. They're waiting to either die or for the something to happen. And this is what I'm going to tell you. The glass is half full. Every day that you get up, you're going to pour a little bit more into that glass. And what happens when that glass gets full? You don't stop. You get a bigger fucking glass. Like it's just, it, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. And people go, it can't be. It is. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I run with the best people in one planet earth. Some of the biggest names that everybody knows on social media. Why? It's because number one, I don't change who I am. Number two, I literally give you everything I have. Like, you know, I sleep six hours a day. That gives me 18 hours to kick ass. I get up and I just attack everything that gets in my path. Um, And I think we need to do, well, I don't think, I know that more of civilization needs to do the same versus waiting around, thinking they're entitled, wanting and wishing, right? Because that's the thing. People don't make and take enough action. They, 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 they make, or excuse me, they make and take, they don't make and take, they wish and they want. Stop wishing, stop wanting, start making, start taking. And that's what I have just decided to do from this literally 12 minute, you know, me going into my childhood. I like to come out of the gate like a fucking thoroughbred, man. And just, I hit it hard. And I want people to know that, man, you've got to just attack the hill, get up every day. And if, and the one thing that we all have in our life, you, me, and every single human being, and I don't care if you're male, I don't care if you're a guy or girl, if you're unidentified, if you're what ethnicity you are, we all have endured some form of pain, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, maybe even sexual pain. Mm-hmm. So it's the one commonality we have, right? One out of every four men in America have been inappropriately, inappropriately touched or molested. Um, 70% of young men have been physically abused. Um, I could get into percentages of women in relationships that have been abused, abused as a child. So we all deal with pain. Mm-hmm. But what most people do is they hold on to that pain and they use that just as negativity where you can learn how to harness it, control it. I'm a control freak, man. Yeah. I control what I get when I get, uh, get up, when I go to bed, what I put into my body. You saw me eating the chicken, mm-hmm. who I surround myself with. Now, once I get in my car, I can't control someone else is going to hit me. So I control as much as I can. I am controlling what I call the rhythmic pattern to success from my life, because here's the difference. When I walk into a room and I'm with Bedros Kooli and he calls me his loyal pit bull, I am the most relentless SOB on the planet when it comes to becoming successful. Success, not from a monetary standpoint, just prioritizing, strategizing and creating some type of monetization out of success, like growth with my wife, with my kids, money, with power. I just, I, I will not stop. I say this on every podcast. I am the fricking Colonel Hal Moore. We were soldiers. The, the movie was good. The book was amazing. I'm the first one on the battlefield and the last effing one off. And if people started just kind of attacking and taking that approach in life and people go, wait, you're just too much. You're too much. Let me tell you what the world needs more extreme. The world needs more positive energy. The world needs more Men and women who are grateful to get up every day. And I, there's, there's days I don't want to get up. Like I did a workout with my wife. I'm doing, I, I kind of changed my workout around because I just went down and trained with Tim Kenny and a bunch of world class athletes. And literally 
almost had a heart attack. I swear, I'm not joking. I mean, seriously, I had to stop. I mean, I couldn't even count my heart. Tim's like, slow down. Tim's a monster. He is a monster. And I'm going to see him again with one of our courses. And Tim was just like, listen, you were a beast with the weights and you're a beast at this and you're a beast, but you suck at this. So I came back to my wife and I'm doing like, I'm doing these, these boot camps now mm-hmm. to get my cardiovascular back up because I refuse to suck or be average at something. I refuse. And all of that comes from the pain of my childhood. So ladies and gentlemen, you're like, holy shit, this guy doesn't pause, use commas. No, I don't because we only have so much time to get it in. Yeah. I love it. So you talked about the excuses in there and everybody's, everybody's got them. Everybody's got some situation or circumstance that in their head. They see that is the reason that they can't take the action that you're talking about. You also talked about the trauma that you had as a child and how you actually look back on that. And now you're in a place where you can be grateful for that and use that as fuel to push past any circumstantial obstacle that you face now. Can you talk to us maybe a little bit about what that process looked like for you in getting to that place? Because I know just the trauma as a child to where you're sitting now, looking back saying, I can use that as fuel rather than as an excuse or something to hold me back. How did you get there? Like, what was that process like for you? Was that a decision or was that something you had to work through? Well, I think it was a culmination of events that led up to it, right? As a young man, um, I was very aggressive, very violent, getting in a lot of fights, you know, drinking, doing some drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, like I said, I'm 50. You could get away with doing a lot more things behind the wheel in, in, in life than you could now. But I think it all stemmed down to um, I, do, I did a self-reflection drill. Um, and I do this. I teach this all the time um, with, my, with my coaching clients. And I'll never forget it because, you know, it's funny as I'm getting older, my eyes are going, I'm getting, you see the gray in the beard and, you know, I eat the same damn thing. But if you ask me what I ate two weeks ago, I can't remember it, but I can remember coming home from Towson state, driving my red Honda CRX. I remember the sweater I was wearing. I remember it was raining out. I remember I was drunk and I think I'd smoked too much pot. And I just was in a place in my life where I knew I was going nowhere. And I literally, I was going to go to jail. I was going to die. I was just doing stupid things. And I was I think, 17 at the time. 17. No, I was out of school. So 18, 18. I was out of high school. I'm going to community college, just being stupid. I remember coming home and sneaking in the house, you know, cause you could do that. Um, we didn't have money for alarms or shit like that. So I just sneak in the window. My mom didn't know. She didn't really care. And I remember going and washing my face and I just looked in the mirror and it felt like I looked there for an eternity. And this is where I came up with my self-reflection drill. And when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see me. I saw my father who was abusive, who was a womanizer, who was in a lot of other things that we don't need to get into. And I was seeing, when I see him, I was like, I was seeing shadows and bits of him. Like, like I was transforming into him. And I was like, no, I can't do this. I, you know, and again, I love my dad. You know, he had a lot, there were some reasons, you know, he had some injuries and he had very bad temper. He was was pretty rough to me when I was young, but um, I thank him for it now. I know that sounds crazy, but I did not want to become him. And in some fashions I really have, right. I mean, I do have a temper, but um, I try not to do the things to people that he did to me. And right then and there, I said, I got, I got to make a change. And that's where that was a pinnacle moment in my life where I was like, I got to do something. College just sucked, you know, just going out and like 
sleeping with girls, you know, stupid mm -hmm. shit, right? I got to, you know, my wife doesn't listen to this one well. Um, I was a younger man, different time. And I decided I needed to get away. So I joined the military. And I mean, wasn't smart, um, didn't have the grades or the vocational, the vocational uh, aptitude to do what I needed to. Mm -hmm. So it was a process um, to acquire my dream. And that was to become a Navy SEAL. And the minute I did that, and I realized that I could, you know, when I became a Navy SEAL, I realized, well, shit, I need to start doing these self-reflection drills every week and just start attacking whatever I do. And that's what I've done. Like, I mean, working for Bedros Cooling, like the most powerful men in America. Yeah. Um, surround, you know, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I was in St. Louis. I reach out to this guy no one knows called Andy Fersilli. He's a friend of mine. I know Andy. <laughs> and I was like, I've been wanting to see his, his facility. And he yeah. has a bodyguard that goes with him because Andy got... Um, some things happened to him earlier. Yep. And I was like, you know, just joking around. Hey, mofo. I text him. Hey, I'm going to, I'm in town. I want to stop by and see, you know, his place is like the size of Google. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll have somebody there. What time you come? I said, man, I'll be, I'm five minutes away. I'll be there noon. So I show up and I don't even know where the hell to park. And everybody's like, oh, it's here. So I get there. He himself is waiting for me. And I'm like, and he's, he's like, let me give you a tour. He gave me like a 35 minute tour. I mean, he wants a billion dollars and he stopped everything. Wow. So, and he has the same concept of like Bedros, like mm -hmm. Bedros will stop everything he's doing. Like when, you know, I, I can be, I'll have an issue with something that's a, beyond me with, you know, with uh, sales or something I do. And I'll text Bedros 911. Bedros will be in a giant boardroom meeting with like 50 people. And he, Bedros doesn't just go, yeah, man, what's going on? He tells everybody, get out. <laughs> everybody gets out. He's like, what do you got, Ray? I'm like, like, did you just make 50 people leave? He's like, yeah, what do you got? I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, let me help you. So the self-reflection drills help me be a better me mm -hmm. so that, you know, I think I'm a, and I'm a direct extension to these amazing people I surround myself with. And they see that I'm just, you know, I'm so eager and hungry to learn because I got such a late start in the game. Like, because my, my, my business isn't money. Like all these guys are gazillionaires. My business is building better human beings, mm -hmm. one human being at a time. Right. And sometimes my methods are a little unorthodox. <laughs> They're a little violent, if you will. Um, you know, and I get a lot of the social media. You never talk to me like that. Or I'd punch you in the face. Men, I run men's courses. Men that sincerely need change in their life will accept me and talk to like that. Men that just want to, or they're sitting on their asses and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started taking off on Instagram, I started getting all these haters. And I was reaching out to all these guys. I'm like, God, what am I doing wrong? They're like, you're, doing, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing everything right. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. Like, if I'm doing yeah. everything right, people should love me. He's like, no. He, Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy's yeah. one of the most hated guys on, on social media. And he's amazing. And he's great. I mean, I just had dinner with him and his wife. I mean, we're at his house. We're great, great, great friends. He's like, Ray, you're doing it right. You've taken off. Like, you, you know, you had 80,000 80, new followers in a month, which is unheard of. You know, it's because I went viral. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And all of them said, just wait. And I mean, it was <laughs> horrible. Like, I mean, and I... Listen, you say whatever you want about me. Someone said something about my wife once, and I was like, you, and like, I got blocked. And, or you report them on Instagram, mm -hmm. and they're like, they didn't go against anything. I'm like, they threatened to kill me. Yeah. So I threatened back, but I get blocked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand social media. I told Bedros, my goal is to make such a huge impact that I, I'm never on social media again. And I'm just doing, just doing the Lord's work, if you will. Cause I really think that we're, and a, a direct, you know, I'm, I'm not saying 
I'm not comparing myself to the man upstairs and make sure I say that before I get hated. I just do. I think we are doing a lot of like when we work with these father sons, the mm -hmm. Lord's work, we're trying to blanket and shelter and, and teach and provide and protect these men from the harms that society brings. And that's, uh, that's another long answer, man. You're like, holy shit. Oh, no, I love it. I love so, it. So I, I know you got to like, you got to give me signals because I go yeah. crazy. Man. No, just, no, this is, yeah. this is, this is gold. And this is right where I want to go. I want you to tell us if you don't mind, tell us about, so you've talked about the programs that you guys do, how you help oh. men and their sons. You've talked about Bedros. Like, what is it when you go into these programs that you're, that they're signing up? For? Like, what are you trying to communicate to them, like, what do you want them to walk out of the program and look back on and say, I got it? Like, what's the, well, what's the takeaway? You know, all of our programs are kind of, they have core values, right? So we mm -hmm. focus on the four pillars of success, teamwork, problem solving, leadership, and communication, mm -hmm. right? They're the one, that's the one thing. We focus on KISS, keep it simple, stupid, because the world is, is, is complicated. You've got to just slow things down. Mm -hmm. um, we focus on the three L's of leadership, lead, listen, and learn, right? Don't listen. I, I know they always say leaders can be led. Real leaders lead. They lead themselves. They lead all others. They lead all the time. Mm -hmm. Listen. Don't hear individuals. Listening means you're absorbing information. When someone, if you're just hearing me, you're just waiting to talk. It's going in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. Right. So lead, listen, and learn. Um, learn from your mistakes. You never lose. You only lose if you quit. Leaders only lose if they quit. They learn. Like I have. I have reached out. And again, you have to know who you're talking to. Like, right. Maybe I'm a captain. I'm a master chief and Bedros is like an admiral. But if I see something from a different perspective, I'll pull him aside. You don't go, Hey, sir. Just, Hey, sir. Hey man, I just noticed this. this. And he'll be like, thanks my dude. Or Hey Ray, as a leader, I love that approach, but let me tell you why that doesn't work here. And then I'm like, Oh, thanks. Versus yep. me going, Hey B and he shut up, dude. I would never do that again. So the biggest thing that I really try to get all these is I, you know, they always say, you know, leadership isn't anything, it's everything. And this communication, communication is transmit and receive line of sight. I mean, we can, we can do all this fancy stuff, line of sight. We need to, the world needs better forms of communication, transmit and receive so that people understand more because, you know, you don't want to be that kid. I'll give you guys some symbolism, playing baseball, sitting out in right field, chewing on your glove, getting lost, balls hit. Next thing you know, the ball's over your head. Communication is I'm ready. You see the ball hit, you move to it, you catch it, you do everything you need to do. And that's what we're doing. And we're just trying to build better human beings. Like, and people go, well, who gives you the right to decide what's a better human being? That's what I get a lot. Well, it's just, you know, I want men and young men to be physically fit. I want them to know how to treat a woman, um, open car doors for a lady. I, I still think you can, you, old school is the best school. Um, we focus on men and these young men. Hey, learn how to give a hug. Learn how to do a proper handshake. It's okay to tell another man you love him. It, it's okay. Let's say that again. To tell another human being you love him. And two of the most powerful words in the English in the dictionary are "thank you" and "you're welcome" if they're used correctly. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as far as the money and all this, that's great. That, that's great stuff, and that comes last. But we are building the six forms of growth. That, that apply to, to human beings, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial. And I want to make this very clear. I'm a Christian. Spiritual does not, spiritual is deeper. Let's, what we're doing is surface spiritual, which is believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. If you want to take yes. it one step farther, especially with the father sons, we've had some men that come through that are Jewish, some are this, 
listen, we're talking spiritual work or faith. We're talking believing in yourself and your young man, believing in what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we focus on just the team analogy. Team is trust, trust in yourself, um, trust the process and trust in your inner circle effort. Don't give me a hundred percent. I don't like capping off effort. Give me everything you can have and then give me some more attitude. Nothing will open or close a door faster in this life than a good or bad attitude. And mission is the growth. What we just talked about the six forms of growth, the physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial. And I'll tell you this right now of the, of the team, I got hired because of the A in the um, effort and the attitude. That's why I got hired, right? Trust takes time. Mission, you can be taught effort and attitude. You have it like, you know, case in point, when I got hired for Bader schooling, we had a meeting at three o'clock. We worked out at 12 o'clock. We were done. And I said, you ready? And just, well, let's, why don't we shower and go get a late lunch? I'm like, no, we're here. Let's do this right now. Yeah. Like, I can't <laughs> wait because if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. So my thing was, is we had a great workout together. We were kind of communicating. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, we weren't talking anything. I was nervous. You know, and sure enough, it was just like, he's like, listen, I don't need a resume. And I just told him, like, Bader, I said, listen, I'm not the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. I'm making the most money. He goes, whoa, my dude. I know you work for Bob Pittman, founder of MTD. That shit might work in New York. That ain't going to work here. I said, but, and it's what I said afterwards that got me a job. No one will work harder. No one will be more loyal. And no one, no one else, and I'm telling you, will bring the, sh- the shovel on the line, no questions asked. Yeah. He looked at me and, he, what is, and he's a big dude, his big hand. He goes, you're hired. We didn't even talk salary, nothing. And I knew. <laughs> but what I also know is something greater, a greater force, a greater spirit put him and I together. I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to go to this thing. Neither was he. We went to this thing. We met. We talked the night before. We just we just meshed. Like it was like he was like a brother. And I'm older than Bedros. Yeah. And he's wise. And when you, when you find a guy of that caliber, makes that kind of money has, I mean, people just throwing themselves at him. And he's just like, yep. no, 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 let's go talk, my dude. Um, and we have a great story of really how we met when he was speaking. It's just silly, but I think that's what really pushed, you know, pushed me into that, that driver's seat to be with him. He asked me to come out and coach his family and his team real quick. And I did. Mm-hmm. And then when I flew home and I was waiting, I cause I knew, I mean, I did a good job. Yeah. He's like, I want to talk to you about something. And I knew, and I was like, yes, now I just got to come back out and hammer it. And I did. Yeah. So that was about three years ago, man. I'll tell you this right now. Um, I like what I'm doing because uh, he has taught me how to really increase my net worth with everything before it was the financial net worth. Like yep. Yep. So there's so many other aspects to creating, right? Monetizing. I'm a better father, husband, lover, like, you know, he wasn't giving me love lessons, but being more and in being more attentive to my wife. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Do you want to give us some specifics? Some maybe some things that have really helped you. Uh, one in your marriage, two in your relationship with your kids that you've maybe learned from Bedros or learned on this journey of of serving other men as well. Be patient. Um, you know, I one thing that I learned is he was you know because I'm always traveling around with him and people are all over us and stuff and mm-hmm. you know like. I'll give you an example, and I shouldn't almost say this, but whenever we do a big event, we never stay in the same hotel where the event is taking place. And I was like, why? He's like, you never want anybody knocking on your door or anything like that. He goes, and I said, I don't get it. He goes, well, let, let me, he goes, let me try it like this for you. I said, okay. Because I'm like, you know, Bajor's has a way of putting things in my ears. Your wife is you and you are your wife. 
I mean, he says, so he says, so your wife is working for like my wife and yep. people are all over the place. Would you want men or women knocking on our door late at night trying to just have a drink or just hey hi or like, well, no, actually I said, no, he goes, then why, why, why is it fair for us to do it? And I never really thought of it like that. I was kind of never thought of that. So we never yeah. stay where we're at. We leave, we're, you know, we're kind of like kid rock. We go in, we go out, yeah. we do our thing. We, we, we mingle, but we go somewhere. So where are you guys staying? Oh, we're, we're here. And then we just leave. Yeah. And then we have a quiet night. And I like that. So definitely be patient. Definitely <clears throat> think of the shoe on the other foot. Um, and I know as corny as it sounds, but you know, I'm just an aggressive man by nature. It's like, just, Hey, just be kind. Like just, yeah. but patience is a big thing with me. Cause I'm an overachiever mm-hmm. and I want everything like now. And he's like, takes time. And that's the one yeah. thing I told him is I don't have time. Man. I'm 50. He's like, look at what you've accomplished in three years. Let's see what we accomplished in six. And I'm like, Roger that. So that's, what's helped me be kind. Um, you know, just be more, and, and a lot of things that I used to do is I really used to self-sabotage myself and not know my self-worth. Um, I'm starting, that's still hard. That's probably two of my biggest kryptonites, mm-hmm. but I know that I bring value in, in several different aspects of life. Um, it's not like non-negotiables, like, listen, B, you're going to give me a raise or no, that shit, I'll get fired. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I still, you know, like, you know, maybe I'm not as bad of a father as I thought or a husband, but I'm not pat myself on the back. I do know that there's so much more that I can do. And I think once you take the, the life approaches, there's no such thing as perfection. There's no such yep. thing as perfection, only progression. I'm going to yep. progress. Yep. I'm going to be 1% better. Everybody's like 1% better. And my family, my fitness, my finances and faith, that's breaking down the avenues, you know, the, the growth and just kind of wider spectrums. My, my four non-negotiables, I, I'm not looking back, man. Only, yeah. You know, just like Bedros always tells you, you know, I'm like, oh man, I'm worried about the competition. Bedros like, don't worry about the competition. Just, you know, we have all these other companies that are trying to mock what we're doing and stuff. He's like, we'll just keep being the innovators and they'll just keep copying and we'll just keep doing it. And we'll, I was like, you know, I'm like, look, look, this company, this company's doing the same damn thing we are. And he's like, and so what? No one's yeah. Ray Cash Care. No one's Bedros Cooley. And I, I mean, we can't be replaced. Like Bedros is like, listen, everybody's replaceable, but I can't replace you with another you. Like no one's right. going to do it the way you do it. Someone may do it better. Someone may do it worse, but no one's going to be you. And I am, yeah. I am what Bedros and my wife and many people say an acquired taste. You love me or you hate me, <laughs> but I'm not going to change. Yeah. I refuse to change. I won't change for politics or people, I, I am me. And I am very, I am um, unapologetic about that. I won't, yeah. I, like, I just did a muscle and fitness hit me up. My article was, I will not apologize for being fit. I'm not, people are like, I go home, why are you so fit? Because I'm in a gym every damn day. I'm getting ready to go back again, that's why. That's why I'm not fat, you know? But I don't have time, you do have time. <laughs> I make people 14, 16 minute workouts and they lose weight. Anything is possible if you need to make that change. Not want, need. you got to need to make the change in your life. I used to just want. Too many people want, not enough people need. You need, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out the difference between the two. Yeah. How do you help people get there? Well, with our, number one, our courses, like, you know, we run an amazing, it's kind of like a stair-step program. So we do, we do coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, Bantress and I do 
his coaching, oh, a little different than mine, very expensive business. I focus on people, accountability, lifestyle coach, right? Mm -hmm. We do that. We have the project, which is the 75 hour Mecca where we destroy men and we break them down. We rebuild them back up. We do the father son program, which is mm -hmm. called the squire program where we take fathers and sons between the ages of 11 and 16 and do a 15 hour bonding experience with them. Um, we now just opened up Operation Black Site, which we're doing, which is you pay, X, you, pay, you know, it's like a $20,000 buy-in, but you get three two-day events throughout the year. We have one in January, one in April, one in November, where you're with Tim Kennedy, me, Michael Chandler. We've got Sean Whalen. We've got Bedros Koolian, Dan Fleshman. we got Tim Grover. we got Wes Watson. we got all, and then every Squad. time the talent, the talent changes, but the core group of instructors stays the same. And I'm talking like, the best yeah. in the business where people are like, that's a lot of money, but just to get to sit down with Mr. Grover or Wes Watson, you know, <laughs> I made like $12 million. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> the knowledge that you're getting. It's insane. And then the last thing that we do is we even <clears throat> come to companies, myself and Steve Eckert, who is my business partner with Pedro's and three of the companies. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called leadership team development training, LTD. And we go to corporations and we teach them how to shoot, move and communicate build morale, build that team environment and make these companies work better and more effective than they have, which will create productivity, efficiency. And it's just going to have, like I said, if you're an employee, if, if you're a president of a company, you have a hundred employees, you don't, you have a hundred CEOs that work for you because you should want each one of them to want to treat and act like it's their own business. And we do this and we doing this nationwide. I'm never home. Um, I love it. I'm on the road, but you know, I'm creating, we're making an impact. We're making an impact, right? We're not being trying to be impressive. And I'll give you a case in point for the listeners. You're married. I'm married. Um, I have met other women in my life. They were impressive, but that one, that one, that like the meteor that burns through the sky and it doesn't burn up and hits the earth and the earth is here, leaves yeah. an impact. Well, She's the woman downstairs that's, you know, takes care of my two children and is amazing. It takes care of me and just, oh my God, I have no business being with her. That's why she's tattooed on my arm. And so what I'm trying to do is leave an impact on earth. Like I, you know, I want my obituary to say this, you know, when I die, this guy, he was an animal, but boy, he made a difference in this world. And people, you either love them or hate them, but to the almighty upstairs, please be known. He was, he was authentic and legitimate and loved everyone. I, I tell everybody, I love and hate everyone equally until you <laughs> prove yourself something else. Like, you know, yeah. my courses, some courses I love you, some courses I don't. So that's who I am. And that's what I do. Yeah. Brother, you're a hundred miles an hour. I love oh, it. Yeah. I, I, I'm I mean, not even on caffeine. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. I'm just yep, drinking uh, one sweet tea I, right now, man. For anybody that's listening, I hope that you will also watch the video too, because as much as you can hear the energy coming through, you can also see the energy coming through the screen as well. So taking that, like you are a hundred miles an hour flip side to that. Do you have a hard time sitting still, like spending time with your wife or your kids? Like I'm imagining like Friday night, date night, end of the week, maybe have a, a, a nice dinner or like a glass of wine with your wife. Like how hard is it to sit still? It It's getting better. Um, COVID has really helped that me and my wife, we watch, um, we'll like watch an episode or something. We've gone through all yep. the series. It, it's, but it's like anything else. It's an, you know, you have to build up a tolerance for it. I am always on the go. Mm -hmm. The big thing I had to learn how to do was better time management, right? Like my yep. phone's always on. So like now if I'm watching a movie or something, I have a hard shutoff date time. And the only people that will call me are like Bedros or Steve, mm 
Otherwise, I'm not picking up the phone, but I can also send a group text out to Bedros and Steve and say, hey, listen, um, like my daughter has homecoming coming up. Listen, I got homecoming. I'm not taking any calls for the next two hours. And they're like, okay, my dude, you know, that's just, yeah. you know, because obviously we're all like family. I know Bedros and I know Steve's kids. And there's just, I've learned how to implement non-negotiables into my daily life. Yeah. So that's that big. The biggest thing. And, um, but my wife, you know, if she came in right now, she'd say, yeah, he's a mess and he's still, <laughs> but, but I, I'm definitely getting better. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about the non-negotiables. I think that's a big thing. I hear so many guys like the excuse of maybe it's missing the homecoming dance. Maybe it's missing another date night. Maybe it's missing little man's t-ball game. And the excuse is always like, I had to work, but it's like, I understand there's a balance between you have to work. Like there is some merit to that for sure, but there's also, you have to be there at some point, I think, to be there for your family. And that non-negotiable, I think is putting that line in the sand to say, this is when I'm at work. This is when I'm going to be there for my family. How do you, how do you navigate that? Well, and I think their circumstance is going to dictate, right? Like, so mm -hmm. if you're a single income family and you're struggling and you can't take off work because, you know, you, you might just have a jerk as a boss or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be like, Hey, sir, listen, like if you can't get off, like, Hey, sir, listen, I know I got this game. I can't take off work, but my son has the game. I would like to get like an either a late lunch or an early lunch. And I'd like to be able to video zoom. my you know, there are ways of being there without being there because of technology. Now in a perfect world, hopefully he's built up a relationship or a hall rep or, you know, the status in his company where he can take off, but that's not always the case. Right. Um, so I, I'm not saying that, make this very clear, you know, moms and dads that are busting their ass that have multiple jobs or they're single income family and they're not there. I'm not saying they're bad parents. I'm saying, make sure you heard that. I'm saying that there may be ways to have some sort of a compromise, right? Mm -hmm. A Zoom call, a cell phone call, you know, like, especially if like, you know, like I can tell Pedro something. Um, it's just, as long as you give people heads up, like, you know, like yeah. something like homecoming, right? Um, I just so happens this homecoming coming up, my wife originally told me that it was this weekend. So I shut everything down mm -hmm. for last weekend that just passed, but then she made a mistake. It's this weekend and I'm already scheduled to host a golf tournament. So during that golf tournament with John Daly and all, Jim McMahon and all these people, when I'm going to just call the little boy out, Alex and my daughter meet up, mm -hmm. I'm going to stop everything I'm doing. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, look, and my, it's going to embarrass my daughter, but I will be there with her. We actually went out to dinner with him last night and uh, I'll call her out right now. He's actually coming over today because there's like the, they have a ceremony, like it's a poster, will you, or the flowers. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time I met him and I had, I sat down with him. We were at a restaurant last night yeah. and I met the girls, true story. This was just last night. We made, I made the girls get up and go to the bathroom and when him and I started talking, the server came over to clear the place and I said, no, no, I need a second. And I think he was nervous because he smiled. And I said, listen to me, son, this is not a smiling matter. Um, and what had happened was, is he was very nervous to meet me. You know, I'm mm -hmm. big and tattooed. And when I was asking him about homecoming, you know, and I'm probably my daughter, she listens. He wasn't showing me the enthusiasm that I want to hear. And I'm getting pit when someone wants to court is harmless as it is my daughter like you know right like same thing with her mother like i mean i had to ask her father for permission god bless his soul he recently passed 
So I pulled him aside and I said, listen, I just want to lay a couple of things out. It didn't start off well with us because when I'm asking you about homecoming, you're, you, he's like, yes, yeah. And I said, you're not showing me enough enthusiasm. And when we were alone, he said, it's because I'm, he told me I'm nervous. I'm very nervous around here. And I said, good, you should be. Um, but what you will do is you will show me more enthusiasm with my little girl because, and I'm seriously, I'm like my daughter's, I'm not just saying she's stunning. She looks at my wife, boys like, and she's only 14 boys like her. And she's very particular. So mm -hmm. she deserves enthusiasm. So I don't know if I lit a fire in his ass, but I know he's coming over at four 30 today to do something <laughs> and my ass is going to be here, but this is what men need to do. And even parents, even they need to be more interactive in their children's lives and in other people's lives and like being there like um and she might get mad at me and if she does that so so be it but i will be damned if i ever let someone not appreciate my daughter for what she is and she's an amazing human being just like yeah. my wife you know when i first met my wife she was in some 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 bad relationships and she was very self-conscious and down on herself and now she's just like she's 110 she grabs me by my beard i, I love you know i'm, I'm scared yeah. of my queen. and that's, that's how you <laughs> be in life man yeah. you surround yourself with the right people um you know um she's the boss but if someone if you and i were to get in a confrontation she's going behind me mm -hmm. and you and i are going to have a physical or a verbal confrontation yep but otherwise she, she's the boss of everything we do and i will not let anyone disrespect my girls like that's just who i am i mean I'm not some badass, but as a, as a man, as a protector and provider for my home, that's my job. And I really think as humans, we need to start reassessing what our roles and our jobs are in the household. And I'll tell you what, man, I take my hat off. I still think the true warriors and heroes of this life are the single dads or single moms that are doing it or the divorced mom and dads that are making it work or, you know, just struggling and grinding and still finding time. And I will tell you this, I know this sounds like a cliche, for all the single moms and dads out there who are doing it for the kids, you've got to find some you time, whether it's meditating something, you've got to find something for you. Um, because if not, you're going to implode. Like, you know, I've been trying to get my wife to, to go on like a girl's weekend. Cause I'm always on the road and stuff. We went out the other night, and, you know, she, she's like, she had four, like it's unheard of. My wife had four drinks. I'm like, cause I don't drink. Um, if I'm ever driving my never, and I've rarely yeah. drink. Um, owning part of the beer company i just really don't drink it's always like an empty can eh, yeah i don't do yeah. that um so my point is is just you know with the roles and responsibilities talking with alex is i feel that we need to be more vocal the society we're all so scared to do anything like people were like you can't say that to another hell i can't yeah hell, i can't tell him to be more enthusiastic about seeing my little girl or showing <laughs> some respect yeah you know and you know? we had a great conversation. And when they came back and I told him, I said, the reason why I'm talking to you like this is because I would never want to talk to you in front of other people and disrespect you. Cause again, he's 14, but he's 15, but he's still a young man. And right. he said, you know, and it was, thank you, sir. And we went right back to it. We laughed. And I think that eased it. But like I told you, I will be here today at four 30 to make sure he does what he said he's going to do. There you go. And like you said, like you said, your daughter might get mad at you, but I mean, you know that she feels the love of that and the protection of that from her dad, knowing that you're not going to give the thumbs up on some guy that you don't trust or that you don't feel like is up to the First standard. thing she did after she dropped him off, she asked me, Daddy, do you like him? Because I really like him. I said, do you like him? Yes. I said, well, if you like him. And she goes, no, Daddy, do you like him? I said, and I told her. I said, I like him. I didn't like his lack of enthusiasm. And she didn't get mad. She goes, I think he was just nervous. 
And she knows I talked to him. And of course, you know, she's like, what did you say, daddy? <laughs> Nothing. My, my wife asked, what'd you say? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is what men do. And again, if there isn't a male role model, moms, there's nothing wrong with you stepping up and doing that or having an uncle or someone that's a male influence do that. I, I really think the world needs more of this. Um, we get so lost in cell phones and timelines and deadlines and, and crunches and this and that. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. I told my daughter, I shit you not, you are not going homecoming with this boy unless I meet him. I just not. My mom and wife is like, oh my God, I've met the mother, I met the father. Got a bunch of they're great. I'm like, you're not listening to me. <laughs> you're not going until I meet him, right? And that's yeah. like my. So my wife was like, "Well, we're going out to dinner." And I canceled all my meetings. They're going out to dinner, and I told Bedros that, and he's like, "You go, boy." Like you know, and <laughs> Uncle Bedros wanted to know, and so did Uncle Steve. How to go? Do we have to yeah. kill him? No, he's good. <laughs> I just can't be. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, that's gotta be the best compliment in the world as the father of a teenage daughter who is coming directly to you immediately to say, did you like him? Yeah, like if I'm sitting have, in your shoes, I'm like, I'm melting at that point. Yeah. Yeah. She does talk to mom about a lot of other things that she like, just like when I had a relationship with my son, we talked about a lot of things that her, you know, as he was growing, you know, getting into his manhood, things changing. Yeah, we have talks just like they do. And I don't want to know those talks. I mean, but if something were to ever happen to my wife, God rest her, you know, if something were ever happened to her, um, I would obviously step up and make it, you know, my, no, no matter how comfortable, uncomfortable it would be, I would do that. I have that role. Or I would have my sister or someone in a female role as a role model, someone that I trust help me with that. But yeah, man, I'm blessed because I've got a, I got a, a beautiful wife who has the toughest job in the world. That's stay a stay at home mom. I don't know how <laughs> she's the hardest job in the oh world. Oh my god, I don't know. You know, she's running around, and I got to get her new damn truck. She puts so many miles on the car. We're getting ready to get her new vehicle. You know, so she likes the th three three row seat. You know, the big you know the big mom SUV. I'm like, whatever you want, just you know, because she's always <laughs> driving kids everywhere. You know, and I love it. So I'm happy, yeah. man. I'm happy. That's why I love getting on these podcasts, showing people that. If I can be happy, anyone can be happy. If you just apply yourself and prioritize, strategize and monetize for the right things. That's all. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. I'm so excited to have had the opportunity to have you on here. And I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to go ahead and move. We got two last questions. I ask everybody to come on the show. Yeah. So I'll run these by you and then I'll kick you out of here. Question number Love. one, um, what's the, what are you the most proud of in your life so far? And here is the kicker. The answer to that can't be your family. So besides your family. Perfect. You Great question. Of? So when you join uh, Navy boot camp, join boot camp. there's two mm -hmm. videos you watch. One, when you sign, when you, when you go to boot camp, one, when you graduate, I am in both videos. Wow. I am a, I am a representative for the United States Navy, had an admiral call me. And he's like, man, I speak to Petty Officer Care. I'm like, well, this is Ray Care. He's like, well, it says BM1 Care. I'm like, well, this is Admiral. I'm like, hey, how you doing, sir? He goes, I actually run the recruiting for Great Lakes. And we love what you're doing on YouTube. I'm like, wow, thank you, sir. And what we're going to do is we're going to post a video of you fighting a fire as a seaman apprentice because there's a picture of me fighting it. And at the end, you're this big, giant Navy SEAL with these tattoos talking about how you're not a hero, how men in the past were real heroes. And I said, Awesome. He goes, do you have any questions? I said, yes, sir. He goes, before you ask, you're not getting paid. Any other questions? I said, no, sir. He went click and hung up on me. <laughs> but my point is, is I've had like four kids in the neighborhood that are like Mr. Ray. 
we have seen you in this video twice and you are a real inspiration minus my wife and kids minus working for Bedros Koulian because that's work related with family that is it that is like it doesn't get any better than that because they could have picked there's so many better seals than me out there. They picked me. So <laughs> suck it to the rest of my friends out there. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Last question. This has to do with the word legacy. We hear a lot about this word. There's a lot of different connotations to it. People, a lot of times it's wealth, generational wealth, whatever, whatever it may be. When I think about uh, legacy, I think about two things. I think about the people that mean the most to me here on this earth. And I think about the people that God willing, I will leave behind on this earth. So within those two buckets, that falls my kids. So when I think about legacy, I think about the moments, the memories, the lessons, the thing that things that maybe shared experience or lessons that they're going to have learned from me. So when God willing, I leave them behind on this earth, they can live, you know, in remembrance of me. And that can kind of be something that steers them like a North star in their life. <clears throat> so through that lens, I said, you know, what do you want your legacy to be with your kids? How would you answer that question? Wow, dude. Um, well, for my son, I would want him to be twice the man that I am. And this is very general. And for my, for my daughter, I would want, I, my goal was for her to be a strong, independent woman like her mother. Cause I mean, her mother is a spirited woman and that hopefully um, the morals and the values that I, you know, I've ingrained, ingrained into their DNA, mm -hmm. my daughter would marry the type of man that I would hope is even better than me. I mean, I hate saying that, but you know, they always say you want, and I would hope my son and he has uh, marries a woman that has the same values. I just, for legacy, it's maintaining the course of action that we've been doing, but obviously bettering it. Right. So mm -hmm. all the things that I've taught my children, I'm hoping that it doesn't stop when I go away, they carry that torch on and improve it because we can always improve. Right. Like, you know, um, and I want them to do that. And then obviously, um, you know, my grandkids, same thing and same thing. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, my name, Team Care, that's what we call our family. Um, I'm hoping we have, you know, hey, seven generations, the world ends, that seven generations of, of greatness or whatever it's going to be. Um, but I hope that by that time, I know by that time, we will be, even with the God, hope, God willing, the world's in a better place than it is right now. Um, we're going to be even bigger, better, faster, and stronger than we were today and that's not downsizing myself it's just i know like like legacy is like the universe it expands it's constantly expanding you just need to make sure that you're expanding with it so that's what i want my family to do starting with my children ray where's the best place for people to find you follow you learn more about you all right instagram blue check ray cash care facebook blue check ray cash uh ray cash care um former navy seal and then if you want to book me or anything personally, you just go to, wow, ready for this? RayCashCare.com. <laughs> That's how you hit me up. I answer every DM, every message, as long as as long as long it's presented in a professional manner. There we go. Boom. I can attest to that. Boom. You can be right back. You got right back to me, man. That was awesome. I'll fuck around. Pardon my language. I don't. There we go. My man. Ray, really appreciate you making the time. Appreciate you bringing the heat. I appreciate you leading from the front. Thanks for doing everything you do and keep it rolling, brother. We'll stay Thank you, sir. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.